It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On your Friday episode of Locked on Raptors, the draft prospect profile train keeps on chugging along as we take a look at a good one. Jalen Hood Shafino, the point guard out of Indiana, who almost seems like a perfect fit for what the Toronto Raptors need except for one fatal flaw. We'll get into whether that can be rectified or not to make him a good fit in Toronto and much more on today's episode of Locked on Raptors. Thanks for hanging. Oh, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the first time of the Hail Mary 3 by Mo Get that garbage out of here. What's going on? And welcome to another episode of Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Friday, June the 9th, and I'm your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now for nine seasons on various platforms. You can find all my work over on Twitter at WoodleySean. You can follow the show on Instagram at Locked On Raptors. You can also join the Locked On Raptors Discord server, baby. It is the place to be. If you're a fan of the show, if you like talking with other Raptors fans on the internet, if you like not being screamed at when people disagree with you, the Locked On Raptors Discord is the place to be, baby. It's going to be a really fun night to be in there on draft night as well. All the free agency stuff, the playoffs, the finals. It's a wonderful place. So come hang out and uh, shout out to all of those who have joined over the last little while here. Lots of daily listeners, everydayers who have been fans of the show for a while now coming and hanging out in the growing Locked On Raptors listener community over on Discord. The link is in the description of the podcast. Come and hang out. Also, please make sure you subscribe, follow, rate, review if you have not yet on your favorite podcast apps. And of course, on YouTube, we are free and available each and every weekday. All right, let's get to it. On today's show, we're talking about Jalen Hood Shafino, the Indiana point guard, big point guard, like 6'6", uh, offers a lot of very interesting skills, has maybe one fatal flaw that makes him 
Not a super good fit with the Raptors. We'll get into the strengths, the weaknesses, where he fits in on my personal big board. Before we get into all that, however, today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA. When you enter the promo code LockedOnNBA, they'll enter, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. So go check them out. All right, let's get to it. Jalen hood Shafino, the 6'6 point guard out of Indiana. Tail of the tape on his season, his one freshman season with the Indiana Hoosiers. Of course, the school that OG Ananobi applied his trade in college. Uh, 13.5 points, 4.1 rebounds, 3.7 assists, 0.8 steals, 0.3 blocks, 2.8 turnovers uh, to go along with a 44.9% clip from two, 33.3% from deep, and a 77.6% clip from the line. Overall, not terribly efficient for Indiana this year, 49.2% true shooting. Um, and it, it's worth bearing in mind. He kind of did everything for this Indiana team, had a big burden on him as far as creation, as far as running the show. And so maybe you bake in that sort of drop off in efficiency as part of that, just sort of the cost of doing business. But we'll get into the efficiency and the shooting in particular and why it's a bit of a concern with Jalen Hood Shafino. But overall, I mean, among the guys we've talked about here, he is one of my favorites, I think, and kind of offers a lot of checked boxes when it comes to what the Raptors might be looking for in whoever they pick at 13. You know, he brings real, legit guard skills to the table at 6'6". Like, having that big frame is really nice. He can kind of see over guys, survey the floor a little more easily, but he does it while having legit real pick and roll ball handling chops that's kind of the big thing for him is he is a master of the pick and roll whether it's looking for his own offense whether it's creating for others that's kind of his bread and butter right now and that's something the Raptors could certainly use guys who can run pick and roll guys who can initiate offensive sets certainly something the Raptors need um, he's big and defensively versatile as well you know he's good at the point of attack with point guards he's not going to get blown by by smaller guys he slides his feet really nicely if you look at the film uh and you know he projects to be a very good defender at his position can maybe slide down guard some wings etc stuff like that too he's got really great feel for the game too which like for me I'm like uh, just like a, a mark for anyone who kind of feels and reads the game at like a higher level and Jalen Hood Shafino certainly brings that to the table the one hang-up and it's a big one is can Jalen hood Shafino play off the ball? We'll get into the strengths and weaknesses of his game a little more specifically coming up in the next segment, but this is sort of the philosophical conundrum the Raptors will be facing if they want to go ahead and pick Jalen hood Shafino. He does a lot of this really good stuff with the ball in his hands, but can he affect the game when the ball is not in his hands? And a pick of Jalen hood Shafino is a big-time bet by the Raptors on his three-point shooting coming along down the line. This is a bet the Raptors have made before to varying degrees of success. You know, I don't think they'd be scared to draft a guy who is maybe one skill away from being a really effective NBA player on a team where he could play multiple different roles. Um, but right now, like the, the catch and shoot three point shot in particular needs a lot of work. And, you know, there's the scouts will tell you there's maybe something mechanical going on there. The way he misses when you watch the film on his missed threes, especially from catch and shoots. It's a lot of just like really wayward left and right. It's not, the, it's kind of like the Fred Van Vliet issue from earlier this season. You recall the sort of mechanical hiccup that seemed to be going on with Fred Van Vliet that he talked about that was sort of spoken about around the team in the early going this year, where he wasn't missing short or long with the sort of straight on, you know, aim and accuracy. It was he's missing left and right. And when that's happening, 
that hints at maybe a little bit more of a concern with the three-point shot when you talk to the scouts. Again, I'm not a shot doctor. I just take what the smart people say and process it into my own opinions. But um, yeah, that's the big thing is can he be someone who can play away from the ball? And right now, he's at his best with the ball in his hands, running pick and roll, which maybe doesn't fit super well on a team that has plenty of guys who can create with the ball in their hands to varying degrees of success, obviously. But if Pascal Siakam's on the team, you're not just going to want to stand him in the corner all the time. You want him creating for you. Honestly, the way Jalen hood Shafino kind of probes in his pick-and-roll operation kind of resembles Pascal Siakam in some ways. Um, so do you want that overlap of skills? You know, Scotty Barnes, you would figure there's going to be a ratcheting up of his responsibility as far as creating on offense as well. We don't yet know what's going to happen with Fred Van Vliet, but we know when Fred Van Vliet's on the team, him running pick-and-roll with Jakob Pertl, pretty darn successful. And so can you get players who can play around that? That's not to say that if you draft Jalen hood Shafino, you just stick him in the corner or stick him off ball. Like, you will absolutely want to see him run stuff with the ball in his hands. But can he also fit into different roles, or is he sort of in this one track? He's got to have the ball. You run your stuff through him. He is your initiator on most possessions type of situation. And on this specific team, with the players the Raptors have in tow... That might be the sort of thing that keeps the Raptors from taking a chance on him at 13. Um, you know, it, it, it's really, it's becoming really clear to me that fit needs to be a part of the Raptors' consideration here. I know there's a whole section of folks who says, don't draft for fit, don't draft for need, draft for best player available, draft for upside, star potential. And while I understand that, this Raptors team specifically needs roles carved out for players with specific skills. And Jalen hood Shafino right now doesn't quite have like a clear, okay, this would be his role on this Raptors team and he could just walk into that and be successful with it because there are guys who occupy that sort of niche that he takes up on offense as well. Specifically, if Fred Van Vliet comes back. If Fred's not back, then maybe it's a little bit easier to work him in and have him with the ball in his hands more. But again... You don't want to take those possessions away from Scotty Barnes or Pascal Siakam either, right? It's a difficult thing to balance. But the way the Raptors roster is constructed and with the notable weak spots they have in it, I just think we're seeing right now in the finals, right? The way that fit can help you kind of take that next step, the way complementary skills, the way that different players' skills and roles interplay with one another on the floor Having that interconnectivity, having that sort of complementary set of skills across five players, the court geometry, all of that stuff, it absolutely matters. And so when you're thinking about building this Raptors team, you have to think about, okay, how is this going to fit around Scotty Barnes? How is this going to fit around if Pascal Siakam's around? How does this fit around a team with a non-shooting center in Jakob Pertl, if that's the way they go here? And fit to me, because of the way the roster's built, and because of, I think, just we're seeing it right now in the league, the value of on-court cohesion. I think fit needs to be as big a consideration as just like raw talent, especially considering at this spot in the draft, it feels like there's like a dozen players of very similar skill sets who are going to be available, at least in terms of just like overall talent. The skills are very different. You know, some guys are dead-eye shooters. Some guys have the ball in their hands and they're, they're scoring threats, all that type of stuff. Jalen hood Shafino, pick-and-roll operator, defensive ace, that type of thing. Like, that could certainly be the way he goes here. But 
you have to think about how those skills and player archetypes are going to fit into the construct the Raptors already have, with Scotty Barnes being clearly the foundational pillar going forward, regardless of what happens with other players on the team. And so I just think you have to consider fit here. And that is why for me, as much as I like a lot of what Jalen Hood Shafino brings to the table, he feels like a little bit more of a sort of down the list as far as guys I would like the Raptors to take at this spot. Again, he, like Anthony Black, I think is going to be a player who I like for a long time. If he can carve out a long-term NBA career, I'll be like rooting for Jalen Hood Shafino because I like his game a lot. But on this Raptors team, the way they've built it, fit matters, and the fit might be a little dicey. We'll get into the reasons why, especially as it pertains to his weaknesses and areas for growth, and whether those areas for growth can be turned into areas of strength. We'll get into that in a second. Before we do that, however, got to tell you about our good friends over at Bird Dogs. Uh, of course, Bird Dogs is a place to go for comfortable shorts. Uh, I talked about them. Uh, I talk about myself all the time and how I struggle with the hot weather. I struggle with sweating. I struggle with just being uncomfortable all the time because I'm a big, hot, wet boy, okay? It's just the way my body is. Shorts are usually the way I combat the hot weather, but sometimes you get shorts that are uncomfortable. They're too tight. I'm going for style over function, and that's not great best part of bird dogs you get style and function all in one comfortable package and the very best part of bird dogs bye bye underwear this is the future there's no need for underwear they have a beautiful comfort lining built into the shorts super comfortable super light breathable you feel like you're just kind of like just as comfortable as you've ever been wearing your shorts you got to go check them out it's where style and function come together in one beautiful package. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA. Enter the promo code LockedOnNBA for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA for a free Yeti-style tumbler. You don't want to take your bird dogs off, baby. We promise you. Go check them out. Birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, let's continue on here. Your first listen of the day, of course. Thank you for making that the case, and thank you for supporting the show. Thanks to the everydayers. If you are an everyday listener of the show, always, as always, let us know in the comments. Let me know in the Discord. It's always nice to know the uh, absolute sickos who decide to tune into this show each and every day. Um, let's get into Jalen Huchifino, the good and the bad of his game, the sort of ups and downs, the, the strengths and areas for growth. There's a lot to like here. Like, he's a player who, again, a lot of these sort of things that he does in a normal basketball team, which the Raptors kind of aren't right now, I think would just be kind of a plug-and-play, stick him in there, and he's going to be a good player for you. Um, the big thing here is the pick-and-roll play. Whether it's scoring, whether it's playmaking, he's got the whole package 
really. Uh, the mid-range pull-up he has going to his right is like butter. It's really good. He can kind of damage drop defenses that way, um, and he just gets to it really easily. He, he's six foot six. He can shoot over guys if a smaller defender's on him or whatever it might be. If a smaller defender's trailing him over the screen, he can still get to his spot, pull up in tight quarters, and get it up. Or maybe he just goes and punishes a drop big with that little extra space there. And look, the mid-range is a place you want to have success from, right? You know, this is the shot that most teams, when it gets down to it, they're going to funnel teams to take these shots because they're the least analytically driven, least positive shots to take on the floor. And if you have someone who can be an ace from that position, that's meaningful. That is something that can help you solve problems when things really matter in a playoff series or in a close game down the stretch. And that's a, that, that's a really interesting thing that Jalen Hood-Shafino brings to the table. You know, pick-and-roll playmaking and operation is just something the Raptors have not had a whole lot of since Kyle Lowry left. Fred Van Vliet has his moments with it. He's pretty good with Jakob Pertl, obviously. In fairness to Fred, he hasn't really had another big to work pick-and-roll with at all during his time with the Raptors, so it's not like he's had the reps to really refine that. Um, but Jalen Hood-Shafino, scoring in the pick-and-roll, He's got a floater that it looks really nice and has a good touch on it. Uh, we'll get into why, similar to Nick Smith Jr., why the floater is kind of a necessity necessity of his game because of his issues getting to the rim all the way. Um, but the floater is really nice. The touch is really nice. And when you have a pull-up mid-ranger as sort of solid and exciting as it seems Jalen hood Shafino does... You start to dream a little bit. Oh, can you take that and step it out a couple feet and, you know, make that into a pull-up three on instead of pull-up 18-footers, that type of thing. Obviously, not all shooting development is the same, and you can't just say, hey, he hits mid-rangers, therefore he will be a three-point shooter. Hello, DeMar DeRozan. But, you know, the touch seems to be there, especially off the bounce, which is nice. Um, he's also very streaky. Uh, when it comes to his three-point shot, uh, we're getting kind of into the weaknesses here, but like the, the, the streakiness could be taken either way, I think, because being streaky at least implies the ability to do it sometimes, whereas if you are not streaky and you're just a bad three-point shooter, then you're not really showing those glimpses of being able to do it. I would rather someone who's streaky than someone who's consistently butt from three. Um, and so that's like, I don't know, you can kind of look at that one however way you want to. Back to the pick-and-roll operation. You know, he just like really great breakdowns, by the way. Go check out Boxing One. Adam Spinella is doing a wonderful job in the lead up to the draft. Hopefully going to get Adam on the show at some point soon here. That would be a dream. He's doing an awesome job. And again, I'm kind of taking what the smart people are saying about Jalen hood Shafino and all these guys and then just kind of processing it myself. Um, but Adam Spinella notes that, you know, just like the, the passing from the pick and roll for him, whether it's pocket passes, whether it's, you know, kicking out to the guy where the help is coming from and kind of recognizing that and ki kicking it out to the open shooter. Um, you can do it with both hands. Like he's just got that whole passing package out of the pick and roll. And it's helped by the fact that he's six foot six and he can kind of make things happen. You know, again, I, I go back to the Pascal Siakam thing a little bit here. He, he's got that sort of middle-of-the-floor surveyor sort of vibe, right? Where he's not going to just punch it and, and get downhill off the top of a pick-and-roll like he's Tyrese Maxey or anything like that. He's going to take his time. He's going to probe. He's going to wait for things to develop. Then he's going to make the right read most of the time. Um, that's, that's really encouraging. Having a real pick-and-roll operator is nice. And it's not like... When the Raptors drafted Malachi Flynn, who came in to, to the NBA as like the best pick and roll operator in the entire NCAA during his last season at San Diego State, 
where they didn't have the infrastructure to run pick and roll. In this case, they have, in theory, Jakob Pertl there as a pretty good pick and roll partner. And also Scotty Barnes, I think, profiles as someone who's going to be an exciting pick and roll partner for a guard as well with the way he can make things happen on the short roll and on the dive. And so I think the environment would be much more conducive to success for a pick and roll heavy guard like Jalen hood Shafino than it would have been, say, for the Malachi Flynn pick back in the day back in the day three years ago um, but uh yeah so that, that that's that's an interesting thing to ki- kind of keep an eye on another thing too that might specifically tailor him to being successful on the raptors and this is another thing that adam spinella points out in his breakdown is he's really good operating in tight confines like he can get a shot off with you know minimal space with, with guys around him because he's got that height but also he notes the sort of micro skill of being able to come off dribble handoffs in the mid-range in very close quarters where things are kind of gummy there's bodies all around but he can kind of weasel in there get the ball on the dribble handoff and rise and fire for a shot or turn the corner and get downhill um, that's like a, a pretty useful skill on a Raptors team that has guys you run dribble handoffs with is pretty clunky with the spacing and you know it's just sort of a thing that you know being able to meander and survive in close quarters kind of a necessity on this Raptors team right now again we don't know what kind of offense they're going to run under whatever their new coach is and what principles they bring in we're not going to know uh the sort of roster construction and the shooting situation until the summer is out but as far as the team is right now Someone who can operate in those close quarters and make things happen when there is not a ton of great spacing, that seems like an asset for someone who the Raptors might go and draft. Other good stuff for him, I mean, I mentioned the defense off the top. Like he he just he seems like he's got it defensively, defends well on the ball. He doesn't get burned by smaller guards, even though he's six foot six. Like he stays in front of guys really well, slides his feet all the way, top of the arc, down to the restricted area. Um, good at fighting through screens as well. Is another thing that Adam Spinella kind of notes in his video breakdown. You see lots of great clips of this big guy. He's six six, he's got a broad chest. You would think, okay. Maybe he's going to have trouble getting over screens. He's going to get hung up on screens quite a bit just because he's big. But no, he gets skinny. Like, he, he can fight over those pretty well, um, which is really good. Uh, you know, he seems like he's going to be a good defender at the very least, if not like a plus 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 defender, uh, considering his size and the way he might be able to kind of harass smaller guards and that type of thing. Um, and, and, you know, Raphael Barlow, another strength he notes in his breakdown, uh, he's really good at bullying weaker opponents. That might've been a thing that Nick Nurse was really happy about, you know, as far as like hunting isolations and the mismatch game that the Raptors typically played the last couple of years. I would doubt that that's going to be a big part of their fabric going forward, but it's not a bad thing to have a, a guard who can go and punish a mismatch if, if the opportunity presents itself. And honestly, I think you could really see within like a year or two, Jalen Hood Shafino getting in there and like running a second unit pretty capably with the way that he operates, the way that he sees the floor. You know, the Raptors in their second units in the last couple of years have felt like they badly need a stabilizer, like a real legit backup point guard. Maybe Jalen Hood Shafino is just the backup point guard. If you bring back Fred Van Vliet, maybe you just drop in Shafino and he is the guy who's running your second unit for you with that pick and roll operation. You're working with Christian Coloco. Maybe there's a lob threat to develop there. Put some shooting around him. And hey, maybe Bob's your uncle. And so uh, I, I like the idea a lot of Jalen Hood Shafino as a player. But then we get into the fit issues with the Raptors and the sort of concerns in his game. I mentioned the inconsistent shooting. 31.3% on catch-and-shoot threes this year for Rafael Barlow. It's not great. And again, I mentioned the sort of wayward nature of those catch-and-shoots. He just does not look nearly as comfortable 
as a catch and shoot guy as he does an off to dribble guy, whether it's from the mid range or, or, or from three, um, you know, again, the streakiness implies that there is some ability there, but the mechanics on that catch and shoot seem like they might be a little wonky. Both Kevin O'Connor and Adam Spinella in their breakdowns kind of note this, um, you know, he seems more confident as an off the bounce shooter from three, which, you know, that creates some issues. If you, need to have the ball in his hands to make him an effective three-point shooter. That said, having a confident off-the-bounce three-point shooter, not a bad thing either, right? Like, if you can make that work, that can be a real thing to sort of change the gravity of the floor, make it so teams can't go under all the time. Right now, they do go under on Jalen hood Shafino because he's not a consistent three-point shooter. That'll be a thing he'll come across in the NBA. That'll make his mid-range game a little bit more hard to get to in the NBA with better defenders, better athletes, longer big men on the on those drop defenses, um, able to kind of toe the line between protecting the rim and getting out to the ball handler. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's not a perfect sort of set of skills right now for the way this Raptors team is built, but there are those sort of little inklings that, oh, maybe there is a shooter here in some way, shape, or form. He's got that off-the-bounce game from the mid-range, and Rafael Barlow notes 38% from three in off-the-bounce situations in the pick-and-roll. So that's a very encouraging number. Like, again, it's very small samples, one season at college, college is noisy, the spacing stinks, all these teams have, like, very bad players up and down the rosters, no no shooting, etc. It's hard to get a full picture of a guy, especially one who you would think in the NBA game, when there's more space, there's more shooting around, is maybe going to be able to kind of operate a little bit more smoothly and freely as a pick-and-roll guy. But that pull-up three, the 38% on uh, off-the-bounce threes in the pick-and-roll, that's a nice number to sort of look at. If you're looking to sort of paint the optimistic picture of can his three-point shooting come around? Again, doesn't solve the catch-and-shoot stuff, which is really bad right now, uh, but the off-the-bounce stuff, the fact that he's better off-the-bounce as a three-point shooter than off-the-catch, I feel like is an encouraging thing. Again, I'm no shot doctor. Um, the other thing here, too, not a terribly explosive athlete. He, he might be someone who struggles to provide rim pressure. You know, the Raptors have had guards who have struggled to provide rim, protect, rim pressure for a while now. We love Gary Trent Jr. and Fred Van Vliet, but that's what their biggest issue is, typically. Um, and so do you want to bring in another guy who has that issue and that concern? You know, I think about Kobe Bufkin. I keep on going back to Kobe Bufkin, who I'm totally in the tank for. That dude gets to the rim. That dude scores at the rim at like a 74% clip. Like, that would be a real sort of game changer for the Raptors in terms of the skills they have on the roster. And I don't know if Jalen Hutchifino projects, projects to really have that. Um, you know, his handle is also needing some, in need of some refinement. That can happen for guys. Obviously, he's 20 years old, not a complete project by any means. And, like, he's a little bit uh, careless with the ball because of the handle. You know, you mentioned the pick-and-roll passing and the playmaking out of the pick-and-roll. You see some of the other passing he does. The entry passes in particular are, like, really bad, which could be a concern on a team that posts up a lot with a lot of guys looking for mismatches. Again, maybe the Raptors just ixnay that out of their entire sort of play set next year. Um, but there's, uh, there, yeah, there, there's something that's, uh, you know... The, the the passing is like good in the pick and roll and a little suspect in other positions and spots and the handle doesn't help him very much there. So it's tough. You know, he doesn't project as like this sort of north to south incredible athlete. Maybe you don't need that. Maybe you just need someone who's a smart basketball player who knows how basketball is played, which he does seem to be. Really, all of the athleticism concerns go away if he becomes like a, a, a dialed in catch and shoot three point shooter who can play off the ball. Um, problem is... Not sure that's going to happen. I think there are other guys who may be a better bet on that happening. 
for the Raptors at 13, considering they're probably going to be spoiled for choice in terms of guys who address this positional need in particular. Guard and shooting, you're not getting really the shooting out of Jalen hood Shafino. You're getting the guard play and a really good example of the guard play, and it's all about the balance of, like, can you get an elite skill from this bunch of guys? Are you looking for sort of more a well-rounded player that's tough? But um, that's kind of the, the read on... Uh, Jalen hood Shafino, as far as the good and the bad of his game. On the other side, we'll get into where he falls into my personal big board and uh, also, you know, where he's being mocked right now. And will he be there for the Raptors at 13? It seems pretty likely. Hey, hell, some people might even have the Raptors taking him at 13. We'll get to that in one sec. Before we do that, however, got to tell you about our friends over at FanDuel, as of course, it is the perfect time right now to make a fast break over to FanDuel during the NBA Finals, because right now new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. There's no better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sportsbook. You can do the same game parlay. Maybe you want to take the over on uh, Jamal Murray, the over on Nikola Jokic, and the under on Michael Porter Jr. playing minutes. All of it, you can go and do that. With that same game parlay with uh, FanDuel, go go do it. They have a great, super easy to use and secure app. It's you get paid instantly when you win. Great promotions every day as well. No better place to go than FanDuel.com/slash/lockedon right now to get a no sweat first bet up to twenty five hundred dollars. That's FanDuel.com/slash/lockedon. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast, and being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. All right, rounding the show out here to close it off with my updated personal big board of where I uh, now slot in Jalen Hood Shafino, the Indiana guard, 6'6", and, uh, you know, pick and roll maestro. We love that stuff. Where does he fit in for the Raptors? He's not at the top of the board for me, unfortunately. Um, right now, I have him at number four on my personal big board. It's still Kobe Bufkin, number one. I really am in the tank for Kobe Bufkin. I think he could be really good and a really wonderful fit next to Scotty Barnes. Jordan Hawkins, number two. Kaysen Wallace, three. Jalen Hood Shafino, four. Bilal Koulibaly, fifth. Keontae George, sixth. Nick Smith Jr., Anthony Black. The Arkansas guys, seven and eight. Among the guys we've talked about, on the podcast over the last couple of weeks. We'll have more prospect profiles coming up, probably round them out by the end of next week, heading into the draft. Um, so if there's a player I have yet to talk about who you want to hear about, let us know in the comments, and I will add them to my running list of dudes to get into on the pod. Um, but yeah, fourth for me for Jalen hood Shafino, just because I think the catch-and-shoot three-point shooting thing is a real red flag, specifically as it pertains to the Raptors. If this were a different team with more shooting available, I'd be a little bit more into it, but I think those concerns with the athleticism and just the lack of three-point shooting consistency make it so 
you're not really addressing the core issue of this team, which is spacing and not having enough of it and not having the geometry to really allow guys to be super successful. And, you know, I think, you know, you have Fred Van Vliet. Everyone is mad at Fred Van Vliet all the time, it seems. But the thing he brings is that shooting, the three-point shooting off the bounce, whether it's, you know, the volume he brings, even more so than the accuracy, just having that volume of threes that someone's willing to take. That's massive, and Jalen Hutchifino just doesn't have that right now. He could grow into it, certainly. He very much could, but I just think there are guys who better complement what Scotty Barnes does, and really, this is what I'm thinking about. How do these players' skills mesh with Scotty Barnes, first and foremost? And I think Kobe Bufkin's mix them on the ball, off the ball, shooting, getting to the rim, transition. It all just seems to fit really glove-like next to Scotty Barnes in a way that I don't quite think it does here with Jalen Hutchifino. You know, I think there's a world in which, like, if the Raptors do take him at 13, I'm not upset about it by any means. Like, I think he's a good player. I think he's going to have a good career. Um, He just, he he seems to understand and read the game at a level that is going to keep him around for a long time. But I, I just worry about the development of him on this team as well, right? Like, if you're trying to get him to shoot more threes and, you know, work on that catch and shoot, like... How do you work that in while also allowing him to do the thing he's good at, which is run, pick, and roll? It, it just it feels like a bit of a diff- difficult development circumstance, whereas like Kobe Bufkin, you throw him in, all right, you're off ball today, and then you'll play on ball this possession, and we'll kind of go back and forth and try it all out. Um, Jordan Hawkins, very easy. Run around, hit threes, make spacing, do the thing. Um, Case and Wallace, kind of a similar thing to Bufkin, can do it on or off the ball. I just think they offer a little bit of an easier fit and an easier developmental track to sort of keep these guys going in the right direction development-wise, whereas Jalen Hushafino, it's just that one skill. Like, if the catch-and-shoot shooting was just, like, a little bit better, a little bit more reliable, a little bit more something you could say that's going to translate to the NBA and be just fine, I would be, like, fully on he's in, like, the top two of my board here. But it's not the case right now, and... Again, I'm not a shot doctor. I, maybe there's something in his release that just says, oh, he's absolutely going to figure this out and be an excellent three-point shooter. In which case, man, it would be a bummer to not have that player on your team. But I, I just, it seems a little bit too dicey to me right now. It's like a, a dice roll of a, like a, a gamble of a skill to hope turns around. You know, shooting, as much as it feels like you can just teach anyone to shoot, Raptors are proof. It's just, you can't always do it, right? Like, it's just not as easy as it seems to just say, well, you know, he doesn't shoot now, but we'll teach him. We can fix him. Like, sometimes you can't. Sometimes there's just uh, something going on with a guy who's just, he's not going to become a good three-point shooter. And, you know, it, it sucks if you don't make that bet on him, and then he does become a three-point shooter for somebody else, and is this, like, really wonderful, well-rounded lead guard type. Um, but I also think, like, the athleticism, the fact that he doesn't get to the rim a ton, the fact that he only had one dunk in the half court in the entire 32-game season he played for Indiana, um, that was the stat cited by Adam Spinella in his breakdown, like, that's that's a number. Like, that matters. And, and I think that is enough to deter me from having it at the top of my board. Again, if Bufkin and Wallace and Hawkins are all gone, which I doubt would be the case considering just math and the number of players who are going to go in the top 10 who are not these guys, um, you know, then I would be totally fine if Jalen Huchifino is the pick. He would be someone who, if you lose Fred Van Vliet, you could, in theory, 
project him as like a Fred replacement type down the line, just like a bigger version of Fred without the three-point shooting, but maybe a little more, you know, defense now that Fred's maybe turned the corner defensively and is on the decline. Um, and just like the, the playmaking at six foot six is just a little bit easier to massage into your works as opposed to Fred Van Vliet's playmaking at 5'11 and a generous six foot on the, on the listing sheet. <laughs> and so... That's where I'm at. I, I, again, really like this player. I think he's going to be a good player wherever he ends up. You know, he's being projected right now or mocked right now to the Warriors by Raphael Barlow on NBA Big Board at 19. That's, uh, you know, <laughs> that'd be a fun one. Just like more playmaking on that team. Maybe remove the need for Jordan Poole and his whack-ass game. <laughs> um, you know, I also think uh, you know, there's lots of teams that could use a player like this who maybe have just more shooting and more of an infrastructure to let them in and kind of have Jalen hood Shafino run the show a little more often. I just don't know if the Raptors are set up for that right now. Uh, by the way, Kevin O'Connor has the Raptors taking him at 13. So, you know, th- this is very much a possibility. This could happen, would not disappoint me, would not make me mad, it wouldn't be perfect, but I do think there's, uh, you know, enough in the way of concern to not have him at the very top of my board as it stands right now. We'll leave it there. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thought we would get some coach news this week, but it turns out, nope, we're still waiting. And uh, maybe we'll be waiting until the end of the Italian season, which could be as late as June 23rd if that series goes seven. If we're really waiting for Sergio Scariolo to be the guy, I have no idea. I've given up on guessing. We'll just see. How about that? And uh, we'll react accordingly when it happens. Uh, to whomever it is, whether it's Kenny Atkinson, Darko Ryakovic, or Sergio Scariolo, who seem to be the final three per Mark Stein's latest reporting. Um, but who knows? Maybe Jordy Fernandez, Jordy Fernandez, excuse me, works his way back in. Maybe some other stealth candidate pops in from the sky. Maybe the Raptor is coaching the Raptors. I don't know. It's all up in the air. So we'll get into that hopefully next week, have some clarity. You know, odds are by the time I post this podcast, they'll have named the coach because that's just the way things go on a Friday. But uh, that's where we are for now. Thank you so much for tuning into the show, for supporting. Hope you've enjoyed these draft episodes. Again, if there's a player you want me to talk about who I have not yet, please drop the name in the comments and I will add them to my list. I believe Leonard Miller is one I got to get to, uh, even though, boy, if the Raptors go super projecty wing big type at 13 people might lose their minds i know he's canadian i know he'd be fun i know he's talented but man that would be a choice we'll still talk leonard miller we're talking about a few other guys grady dick i believe i still got to get to at some point um and uh we'll finish out the pre-draft stuff over the next week or so and then all of a sudden the draft is like 13 days away it's crazy so sure there'll be plenty to dig and dig into here on the show coming up thanks for supporting thanks to the everydayers for tuning in every day as well please subscribe follow rate review wherever you get your podcasts on youtube and on the audio apps and of course join the lockdown raptors discord the link is in the description of the podcast whether you're listening on audio or watching on video thank you for spending some time thanks for hanging we'll talk to you again on monday have a wonderful weekend everybody bye Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.